Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to Top Stories of the Week, presented by Girl on the Gov, the podcast. This exclusive bonus episode drops on Tuesdays and gives you the 411 on the need to know political news and tea. So, as always, we'll keep you updated. Welcome to Top Stories of the Week. I feel like we have a lot on the docket today to discuss, a lot also mm-hmm. coming from last week because I feel like last week was a little bit hectic. I have whiplash from last week. <laughs> Genuinely <laughs> whiplash. I think I put it in the newsletter. So guys, go. this is my hint to go check your inboxes because it's live. She's there. But also, genuinely, there was so much news. I And it was such, it was, this is where the whiplash comes in. It's not just the fact that there was a lot. It was good, bad, good, bad, good, it was bad, good, bad, good, bad. Yeah. I was like, okay, we won Wisconsin. And then it was like, oh my gosh, like, Miffy is Tennessee. like out to out to lunch. Tennessee, like I just abortion Michigan b- brings pill. abortion back. Like it was yeah, Michigan uh, big abortion win, and then Friday big abortion loss, which we'll get into in a sec. But yeah, yeah definitely whiplash is the perfect way to explain it, and we'll get into that honestly now. But to start off, we have two like short <laughs> short stories short with updates. no delay. <laughs> One including. An election watch update because, as promised, we'll be giving you all of those leading into 2024. And so, Democratic Senator Bob Casey will seek for a fourth term in office, bringing the power of incumbency and unmatched name recognition in Pennsylvania politics to his party's defense of a seat in a critical presidential battleground state. The announcement by Casey, the law. The longest serving Democratic U.S. Senator in Pennsylvania history gives Democrats a boost ahead of a difficult 2024 Senate map. They must defend incumbents not only in red states, Montana, Ohio and West Virginia, but also in multiple swing states. So this was a big, big moment. 
a ton yeah. of comments. One, I can't just not laugh at like the wording of bring the power of incumbency and unmatched name recognition. Like that is how I yeah. read that as you're reading it. And I LOL'd. So if this does get clipped, Some which most of the clips, do you usually see me catching me like on my phone? So thanks, Maddie. Yeah, at least she's but- paying attention. <laughs> I'm here. I'm present. ADHD set aside for three seconds. But know what I find really interesting about the Senate races and I think we saw a little bit of this with the midterms too, is it's a, technically in a sense like a statewide race. Like it's not about the district. So it's not faulted. Like gerrymandering, gerrymandering. has nothing to do with yeah. who wins that election. And so I think it's just super interesting to see that the messaging around this is that it's going to be harder to win these seats. And maybe that's the case. You know, I'm not math in the math. But to me, I feel like a congressional seat is harder to flip, harder to win than a Senate seat when the congressional seats are subject yeah. to gerrymandering and like messed up districts. So like, and I also well, the- think, and this is my early call to action for people and for voters and for people that are talking with their family and their friends is that your vote really matters in a race like this, like a Senate race, a governor's race. These, like you're not impacted by gerrymandering with this where it's like, okay, you voted, but maybe- Again, you're you're totally the odds are against. Yeah, no, Senate and governors are very much name recognition city. Like if you are the incumbent and you have the name recognition, you're likely a shoe in like Sam said, because of the way that those elections are set up. Like George is the perfect example of that. Like Brian Kemp winning governor and again and Warnock winning, you know, those sitting sitting electeds getting their seats back in. But opposite parties just like how does that even happen and it's literally because of name recognition mostly so yeah this this is a big move for democrats the senate is definitely up for grabs in 2024 so this is a necessary seat that dems need so big moment for the big moment and also one other comment and this was us from the newsletter day there's just so many hints i'm just easter egging all of the all the things but in montana the state GOP is trying to pass through a law that would change the primary system from a party system primary, so like you vote with your party, to a jungle primary, which would limit potentially the votes for John Tester, current senator who's running for re-election there. And what's so sus and so shady is the bill would sunset in 2025, so right after this election, the Senate election. And John Tester is kind of like the rare Democrat from Montana in terms of major elected office. So it is trying to get rid of him. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. And look, I obviously think it's sketch. It's such it's no, but I have to give him credit. It's smart. Like that's what the GOP's creativity in state governments is truly unmatched. They know and and they know how to play with it. They know loopholes through and through. And this is another example of that. But yeah, interesting to see what happens there. It'll be a we keep you we'll keep you updated moment. So stay tuned. Next story, an unfortunate one. Another unfortunate one that broke Monday morning. Maddie and I were actually texting about it because it was the first thing we texted about on Monday. So there was a shooting at a bank in downtown Louisville killed at least four people and wounded at least eight others Monday, police said. The suspected shooter was also dead. The shooting, the 15th mass killing in this country this year, comes just two weeks after a former student 
kill three children and three adults at a Christian elementary school in Nashville, about 160 miles to the south. Police arrived as gunshots were still being fired outside the old National Bank and exchanged fire with the shooter. Louisville Metro Police Department Deputy Chief Paul Humphrey said at a news conference, it wasn't clear whether the shooter killed himself or was shot by officers. We believe this is a lone gunman involved in this, and that did have a connection to the bank. We're trying to establish what the connection was to the business, but it appears he was a previous employee, Humphrey said. You can Ugh. dislike your old job and just- Or your old school. People. Yeah. Yeah. No. School violence, workplace violence, grocery stores, malls, concerts, bars, oh. clubs. It's it's, it's everywhere. literally everywhere. One of my friends was texting the career, like everyone was just chit-chatting about this thing, that thing, whatever. And one of her boyfriend's friends had texted, they were like all together and was in Delaware and there was an active shooter in the mall they were in and they had to lock themselves in the bathroom. And she was texting us about it. Like it's one of those things, like it touches literally everyone everywhere. Yeah. And I think everyone is literally thinking like, where next? Like, is it going to be where I am? Like, that's a legitimate fear, potentially number one fear of like living in this country right now for, I would say, majority of people. And the fact that there is still no movement on this issue is fucking bonkers. I mean, I will say like seeing the what's happened in Tennessee while it's so frustrating, we'll dive into that later too. Like, to see that just like persistence is really cool. And like just the the movement there is so important. And like that's the energy that this issue needs at this point. Like totally. Raise hell. And that good energy trouble. does make a difference because that good trouble did result in Washington State this past week passing a assault weapons ban. I know that it's going back to the House for some slight revisions, but generally speaking, that ban is going to the governor for signature. So mm -hmm. you've heard us rant about the difference of state bans versus federal. What happens? What if you have a ban like California, but states next to you have lax gun laws? But that change at that state level came as a result of people raising huh. And moms demand action. Advocates standing up and saying no enough. So it does make a difference. Calling your senators does make a difference. Making a lot of noise makes a difference because honestly, like the right is continuously louder. They just, they're louder. I don't know if they're even loud. I feel like they just like don't give a fuck and they just stay That's silent. True. Like they almost stay silent and they just like, okay. And like, they just yeah. don't acknowledge the movement and then it makes people feel a little helpless and then the mood like the kind of energy dies down and then the next one happens and then it shoots back up again and they just like are hoping that this cycle and this wave just continues and they can yeah. just continue to get away with it well because what's also wild is as much as like just mentioned like the positive news out of washington state is then you have numerous states passing the opposite type of opposite. So you have like so north like carolina like leading the pack on that right now it's yeah. just and that's why we're always saying too, like this is really the issue that needs to be federal. Like, yeah, it's it. While we are always advocating for a state politics, and while even like gun reform at the state level is still going to be a positive and a move in the right direction, like we're not going to get where we want to be in, until it's a federal piece of legislation that sweeps the entire country. So, 
upcoming episode on that actually. So yeah, get ready, down. get ready. But mm-hmm. moving forward to another piece of bad news. We're just depressing last week. <laughs> yeah, dropped on a Friday and just snuck right under the, the radar. Sam's like favorite favorite thing to talk about in, in the news of how you know just big bad things are always dropped on Friday so that nobody pays attention through the weekend. And this is definitely one of those situations. Okay. So the abortion pill situation, the nation's top health official said Sunday that a court ruling threatening the availability of a main drug used in medication abortion was quote, not America, not American, maybe it's a typo. Mm-hmm. And he did not rule out defying the judge's order if necessary. Xavier Becerra said, who is President Joe Biden's health secretary said, we want the courts to overturn this reckless decision. We want women to continue to have access to a drug that's proven itself safe. Millions of women have used this drug around the world. He stressed that for now, women do not have access to the abortion medication Mifepristone after a federal judge in Texas, Donald Trump appointee, Matthew Kazimark something. That's hard to say. Um, And I don't like to try to pronounce Trump appointed judges names. Yeah, that's fair. So I'm just going to move on. I like that rule. (laughs) That's the rules. <laughs> we can't pronounce anything. <laughs> that is the one exception. Putting his ruling from Friday on hold for a week so federal officials could file a challenge. The drug was approved in 2000 by the Food and Drug Administration, which is overseen by the Health and Human Services Department, headed by Becerra. Becerra said, for America's sake and for women's sake, we have to pre- prevail in this. Biden has said it his administration would fight the Texas ruling and that the judge's 67-page order gave the government seven days to appeal. Becerra also said, we intend to do everything to make sure it's available to them, not just in a week, but moving forward period, because mifepristone is one of the safest and most effective medicines that we have seen over the last 20 years to help women with their health care, especially abortion care. When asked whether he might recommend that the FDA just ignore the ban, Becerra said, everything is on the table, period. There is an uncertainty about access to the most commonly used method of abortion in the United States following two separate and conflicting court rulings in Texas and Washington over the legality of Mifepristone. The judge's decision, the judge's judge's decision ordering a hold on federal approval of Mifepristone overruled decades of scientific approval, but a ruling at nearly the same time in Washington state from that U.S. District Judge Thomas O. Rice, a Barack Obama appointee, directed U.S. authorities not to make any changes that would restrict access to the drug in at least 17 states where Democrats sued in an effort to protect availability. Becerra said the judge's order could have dire ramifications for the legality of any FDA-approved drugs such as vaccines, insulin, or new Alzheimer's drugs coming into the market because it seeks to, quote, turn upside down the entire FDA approval process. Former California Attorney General acknowledged a, quote, good chance that the case will be ultimately decided by the Supreme Court, which last year overturned Roe and curtailed access to abortion across the country. So don't love those odds. He said if a judge decides to substitute his preference, his personal opinion for that of scientists and medical professionals, what drug isn't subject to some kind of legal challenge? So we have to go to court. 
Appearing after Becerra on CNN, Rep. Tony Gonzalez, who is a Republican of Texas, said, quote, it's important that we take care of women and have, quote, real discussions on women's health care, but get off the abortion conversation. Women have a whole lot more other issues than just abortion. Let's talk about the other things that are happening in this world. Um, Sir. I did not um, need that quote today. Like, no. <laughs> I just my blood pressure rises to. Why don't you mansplain a little bit more what women need? Thank you. No, like literally. Also, it's the origination of so many other things. So, like, you yeah. can't have a conversation about women's health care without abortion. And I would like love. I would love for him to name like one specific healthcare. Yeah situation for like could does he know what endometriosis is doubt it no shot doubt it so like you know anything about just like couldn't find the clit if you gave him a map okay like <laughs> see ya no shot we show him like the tampon applicator <laughs> what was that in louisiana what, what was that oh my God. yes yes it was it was landry was like talking about i was like absolutely tampons and like how to use them i think right yeah, that something, what it was? Like, it was something along those lines. Someone in like the Louisiana State Ledge was asked something about the women's body. I think it had to do with a tampon, and it was just like the most embarrassing, most embarrassing thing ever. And then this obviously this person was then speaking on abortion and having firm stances about it as if they know shit about shit. So no wow, that quote. I would like to egg, egg this man's house. I am totally fine with that. Yeah. Maybe one of those confetti or like sparkle, sparkle packages. Mm-hmm. Or like, or one of how do we pills. get it into, <laughs> I guess yes. like also like, how do we get the sparkles into his laundry? That's the real question. Ooh, something, mm-hmm. but no, that actually was one yeah. of the more heinous quotes I've, I've heard in a while, but huge story huge issue. I'm glad that there is a lot of urgency to appeal this and to fight back against it. So we will be keeping everyone updated on this for I sure. Curious though, like when Becerra says like we could potentially just ignore the ruling, like what does that really mean? So that's the classic like in our category, we'll keep you updated because I'm not really sure. We're not really sure. Like what does yeah that mean? Like is that like the equivalent of like I could ignore a stop sign and get pulled over <laughs> for it and then no, I can't even I don't, complete the analogy. I don't even know what I'm saying. You know what yeah, I mean? No, that's a good question, though. Hey, if the lawyers are saying that, then there must be some loophole and everything's on the table, as he said. So mm. that's mm-hmm. that's good, at least. I'm glad that there is some creativity, some innovation there as to how to fight back against this. That's how I'm we taking it. We love innovation. We do. <laughs> we do. <laughs> Anyways, moving on to this next story about the Tennessee Three, some updates here. So- one of the two Black Democrats who was thrown out of the Tennessee House last week appeared likely to get his seat back Monday, just days after the GOP exacted retribution against the lawmakers who called for more gun control. Oh, the horror. Nashville's Metro Council could return Justin Jones to the legislature immediately when it votes to fill the vacant position on an interim basis. Jones and another Black lawmaker were expelled by the Republican supermajority for their role in a gun control protest at the Capitol in the aftermath of a deadly school shooting in Nashville. Good. Like, they should. The other expelled representative, Justin Pearson, could be reappointed Wednesday at a meeting of the Shelby County Commission in his district. 
The expulsions on Thursday made Tennessee a new front in the battle for the future of American democracy propelled the ousted lawmakers into the national spotlight. Members of the Nashville Council have said publicly that they want to send Jones back to the Capitol. Vote will happen as state lawmakers hold their first floor session since the expulsion votes. Special elections for the seats will take place in the coming months. Jones and Pearson have said they want to be reappointed and plan to run in the special elections. So just to clarify, even when they're reappointed, they still have to, like the seat is still technically open. Like the appointment is the idea of like, quote unquote, filling the seat until the special election happens. So it's Mm -hmm. like a double, I don't think that's what double entendre means, but it feels like it would. But it means like essentially they get the seat back and then they still have to work for the seat. Yeah. So it's like not like they're just getting it back and everything's fine again. It's like they still have to run a whole last campaign and get reelected, which is a whole effort and obviously not fair given the circumstances like they do not deserve to be expelled. Plus, so. plus it wastes taxpayer money because mm-hmm. now the taxpayers have to pay for another election. So if you live in Tennessee and you're like, oh, I'm so mad my taxpayer dollars are going to another election, you can thank the Republicans for that. They literally are just saying... Trish trash. Okay. Anyways, moving right along. Republican House Speaker Cameron Sexton, which, what a name for what a guy. That's not. not It sounds like he'd be really hot, but he's not. He's literally, no, he doesn't even (laughs) sound like he'd be hot. He sounds like the name of like one of those like cheesy romance novels that you see at like the grocery store. Yeah. With like one of the like, he's definitely a character in a Colleen Hoover book. Like, no doubt about it. Like, and then Cameron Sexton came. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, he has a spokesperson named Doug Kuffner. Kuffner indicated that whoever is appointed to the vacancies by the Nashville and Shelby County governments will be seated as representatives as the Constitution requires. Well, how about that? Jones and Pearson quickly drew prominent supporters, including us. I count us. For sure. <laughs> also amongst the their incredible supporters and shining lights. President Joe Biden. It's us. It's Joey B. It's Kamala. It's we're amongst great company. Mm. We're just we're just as prominent. Of course, more more and prominent. Then, nonetheless, besides being their biggest fans, the biggest fans of the Tennessee Three also, like I said, include Joe Biden and VP Kamala Harris, who visited them in Nashville. A third Democrat targeted for expulsion, Rep. Gloria Johnson of Knoxville, also attracted national attention. Political tensions arose when the three joined with hundreds of demonstrators who packed the Capitol last month to call for passage of gun control measures. As protesters filled galleries, the lawmakers approached the front of the House chamber with a bullhorn and participated in a chant. The scene unfolded days after the shooting at Covenant School, a private Christian school, where six people were killed, including three children. Johnson, who is white, very key point here people's very key point was spared expulsion by a single vote republican lawmakers justified splitting their votes by saying johnson had less of a role in the protest she didn't speak in the megaphone for example like okay grow up like it just yeah exactly thank you for just saying the quiet part out loud like it just yeah johnson also suggested race was likely a factor and why johnson and pearson were ousted but not her she told reporters it might have something to do with the color of our skin she also said like i saw that interview and she also saw it said in another interview very definitively like yeah, that was the I reason that so too. i just uh she's very sure much on our same page yeah she's yeah. just yeah so we stand gop leaders have said the expulsions a mechanism used only a handful of times since the civil war had nothing to do with race and instead were necessary to avoid setting a precedent that lawmakers disruptions of house proceedings through protests would be tolerated 
Expulsion has generally been reserved as punishment for lawmakers accused of serious misconduct, not misconduct, not used as a weapon against political opponents. Serious misconduct, like sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. They didn't seem to have a problem with that. What else they didn't have a problem with in the category of decorum is one of the representatives that was pantsing his kid's ref at a basketball game, mm-hmm. trying to show some buttocks in the public sphere. Also didn't have a problem with someone peeing on another uh, representative yep. seat just mm-hmm. for for kicks for That a wasn't means revenge. for expulsion, though. No. No, Why would it be? <laughs> I mean, that's I- crazy, but a bullhorn. So... I saw a post. I think there is some kind of lobbying happening in Shelby County, according to Shelby County Commissioner Erica Sh- Sugarman. I thought it said Sugar Mom for a second. I was like, wow, that's, <laughs> that's a name. Leaders in Nashville threatened to pull state funding for projects in the Memphis area if commissioners were to reappoint Justin Pearson. So I'm sure there's some type of lobbying happening to try and make sure they're not appointed. But yeah, hopefully today, Jones will be reappointed. And then Wednesday, we'll get word that Pearson is as well. Fingers crossed. Major fingers crossed, toes crossed, all the things. But yeah, there are the updates. Definitely make sure you're keeping up to date with the story. I think it's very important. There's also a lot of ways to get involved, to donate to their reelection campaigns and such. So keep an eye out for all of that. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. But moving on to our next story, which was one of the pieces of like positive news last week, but is also getting some backlash, which is interesting. So the Biden administration proposal to forbid outright bans on transgender uh, athletes sparked outrage from conservative leaders, obviously, while also angering trans rights activists who note schools could still prevent some athletes from participating on teams that align with their gender identity. The proposed rule, which still faces a lengthy approval process, establishes that blanket bans like those that have been approved in at least 20 states would violate Title IX, the landmark gender equity legislation enacted in 1972. But schools that receive federal funding could still adopt policies that limit transgender students' participation, particularly in more competitive high school and college sports. Under the proposal, it would be much more difficult for schools to ban, for example, a transgender girl in elementary school from playing on a girls' basketball team, but it would also leave room for schools to develop policies that prohibit trans athletes from playing on more competitive teams if those policies are designed to ensure fairness or prevent sports-related injuries. Amara Jones, who's a trans woman who created the anti-trans hate machine podcast, blasted the proposal saying President Joe Biden is attempting to straddle the fence on a human rights issue ahead of an election year by giving legal recourse to schools that bar some trans athletes from competition. Jones said the Biden administration framed the proposal as a ban on blanket discrimination against trans athletes, but actually it provides guidelines for how schools and universities can ban trans athletes legally. 
uh, AOC also offered criticism, saying in a tweet that the plan was, quote, indefensible and embarrassing. Aaron Reed, a prominent trans activist and researcher, said the proposal alarmingly echoes right-wing talking points, which argue that trans participation could increase injuries and take away scholarship opportunities from female athletes who are cisgender, meaning their gender identity matches the sex they were assigned at birth. She worries school boards and lawmakers will use it to justify bans, and so extensive research is virtually non-existent when it comes to determining whether adolescent trans girls have a clear athletic advantage over cisgender girls. Reed said, I can't read this any other way than a betrayal, this entire document is worse than doing nothing. Still, I some trans. Yes, so still some transgender athletes welcome the proposal as an important first step toward protecting trans kids' access to sports. I would love to see protections expanded to include elite and collegiate sports, but this seems like a good start," said Isaac Hennig, a trans man and competitive swimmer at Yale University. Trans athletes should have the ability to compete on the team of their choice if their athletic skills allow it. Some LGBTQ plus organizations such as the nonprofit GLBTQ legal advocates and defenders applauded the proposal for allowing schools to adopt what it considers, quote, reasonable policies for inclusion of transgender athletes that take into account differences between sports and across levels of competition. The proposal was assailed by many Republican leaders who said they were ready to fight the plan in court, which... That part was a given, but I think some of the discourse around it from both sides, kind of the trans activist world as well is an interesting piece of this puzzle. Totally. Yeah, I think it's a big misstep for the Biden administration. I think, I mean, I just... Completely... I think it was like well-intended, but just very poorly executed. And that's obviously makes things like a da- dangerous like it's yeah like, so, like i said it's better to but just he, do nothing if you don't have the right approach to actually make sure totally you know. because this just leaves like exactly what some of these activists and reps are saying is like it leaves such a gray space and such a ability like a literal like plan and thought to be able to actually make it worse like you're giving people the loophole to discriminate as opposed to just like leaving it be and actually coming with like what you're saying is like a thorough plan to address yeah. this issue. And it really, to me, like this feels like the LGBTQ version of the Willow Project, where it's mm-hmm. like you say one thing and then you do another thing. Like, again, maybe the intention was better and the actual But the headline better. is what people want to hear. I feel like that's why it's a little bit different than the Willow Project, where that was just like a firm opposite stance whereas this was like definitely a equity intended policy that just clearly they didn't put the effort and energy and work into to make it right and it's so important to make it right and I mean hopefully there is a pivot coming and they you know kind of did their due diligence after and you know met with these activists and figured out what is the best approach then to tweak this or move forward or add another step to it like quickly to make sure that there's a plan in place that will actually be effective but i do know that like with any of the rule like rule changes that there will be a comment period i don't know when that will be available but i will be keeping an eye out for that so the second i see it it'll be on a story in our newsletter obviously i haven't seen it yet today i don't know when it goes live but it's which is an interesting thing in general but i don't know i just this doesn't this doesn't bode well this doesn't and I do agree with like the straddling line, even if it wasn't intentional, but I think like, I, you know, I mean, I used to make so many arguments like what's intentional, what's not, but I, 
I agree. Like this is one of those issues. You're just either you're there. I don't think they intended to like do this and create loopholes. Like that's not what the intention here was. It's just what what's so disappointing is that clearly this was probably more of a political move and that made them not put in the work and the energy and effort to make sure it was right. And that's like disappointing because it opens up so many dangerous outcomes and that's the real problem here. But again, yeah, hopefully this will update. We'll keep everyone updated on it. And hopefully there's some fixing. You need a fixer from the White House to come through. A fixer. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That just makes me think of that Cohen dude, like Trump's fixer or whatever. Yeah. Because his first name. I can't think of Michael. Whatever. Thank you. I want to say Jacob for some reason. I mean, I probably know a Jacob Cohen. There's probably so many Jacob Cohens out there. Oh, I can guarantee it. Like, I can guarantee it. I'm probably related to one at this point. Like, I... Anyways. checks. That just, you know what it is. Okay, we have to get on to Clary Boy. Clarence. Clarence Thomas. Clarence. Clarence. That name just kills me. No, it is a thousand percent. And the fact that also his wife is named Ginny, like, both of them together... Clarence and Janie, like I imagine them yeah. on a porch. The most corrupt couple in the USA. A thousand percent. <laughs> they, One of them. You know, honestly, I'm glad that they're in it together. Like from a relationship standpoint, rock solid, it seems like. They're really yeah. toe and toe, hand in hand. For context, if Jekyll anyone doesn't remember. No, what's the, what are the the people that, that are like, they're the criminal couple, but it's like that's like a love story. Bonnie, Bonnie and Clyde, Clyde. Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> I was like, that's like a is that like a law firm or something? <laughs> but Ginny was semi involved in the January 6th insurrection, and now we have some corruption coming out about Clarence, and obviously Ginny is involved in this as well, given the context. But Samantha, run us through the situation. I'm on it. So SCOTUS Justice Clarence Thomas said oh i actually said scotus i genuinely meant to say scrotus and it came out <laughs> proper hey my brain works proper here is so proper anyways the dude said friday he was not required to disclose the many trips he and his wife took that were paid for by republican mega donor harlan crow that's a kind of that's a cool name i'm gonna be so that is real. A cool i know <laughs> that's really like a really is. fucking cool name that's what I thought when I like. It read sounds the like the sickest like rock and roll star, like Harlan Crow. A thousand percent, like yeah. related to Cheryl. Oh, interesting question. Unsure. I, I hope not knows. for That's Cheryl's not. sake. I, amen to that. I also could so see. I don't know how this ended up on my TikTok feed because not interested in the, you know, the kiddos. But there was one that was talking about baby names and like what was like trendy but actually or like what people name their kid that they think is trendy but I might actually add like harlan to my it's a good one list. no i know i same. actually really like it it's so good this is the that's the only thing i like about this i man. would name a but i would that's make up. it like a girl's name like i think that would be so harlan cool. yeah mm-hmm. well it's also like i love harlow harlow's cute too mm-hmm. that got really overused which is kind of yeah so i like this one i think it's different yeah Wow. Sorry. Okay. Anyways. And this is this is how the children were named at Carlton. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing like being named after a Republican. My babies can can listen back years to in years to come and see when their name was was conceptualized. Anyways. I'm dead. Okay. Describing Crow and his wife, Kathy. 
your name's Harlan and you marry a Kathy. Yeah, that's <laughs> really it. that's a uh, that's a flop. <laughs> I'm dead. His wife Kathy, as among our dearest friends, Thomas said in a statement that he was advised by colleagues on the nation's highest court and others in the federal judiciary that this sort of personal hospitality from close personal friends who did not have business before the court was not reportable. Thomas did not name the other justices or those in the judiciary with whom he had consulted. The nonprofit investigative journalism organization ProPublica reported Thursday that Thomas, who has been in justice for more than 31 years, for more than two decades, accepted luxury trips from Crow nearly every year. Thomas, 74, and his wife, Virginia. I guess her full name is Virginia. Oh, I actually didn't know that. Yeah, this is a fun fact-finding moment, but eh, interesting. Okay. And traveled on Crow's yacht and private jet, as well as stayed at his private resort in New York's Adirondack Mountains. ProPublica reported. A 2019 trip to Indonesia, the story detailed, could have cost more than 500K had Thomas chartered the plane and yacht himself. Supreme Court justices, like other federal judges, are required to file an annual financial disclosure report, which asks them to list gifts they have received, but provides exemptions from hospitality from friends. Loophole. <sighs> Ethics experts have offered conflicting views about whether Thomas was required to disclose the trips. Last month, the federal judiciary bolstered disclosure requirements for all judges, including the high court justices, although overnight stays at personal vacation homes owned by friends remain exempt from disclosure. NYU law professor Stephen Gillers, an authority on legal ethics, said Thomas's statement is an abdication of his responsibility under ethics guidelines. Thomas is shamelessly seeking to shift the blame for his failure to report Crow's princely hospitality to advice he allegedly received from other justices when he joined the court more than 30 years ago. Most of them are now dead. (laughs) 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 Convenient. So convenient. I hope they're having a great, peaceful respite anyways they can't contradict him because again they're dead they're dead (laughs) the fact that that is a piece of this article most of them are dead now and conveniently cannot contradict him well that just checks like when talking about our u.s government like that line is just that's just the epitome of that like also literally everyone who can contradict this corruption is dead sorry Mm. Anyways, a law professor at Indiana University who studies judicial ethics wrote in an email that he doubts any justice would have advised Thomas against disclosure if he had laid out the details in ProPublica's report. Hundreds of thousands of dollars in luxurious travel and accommodation at exotic locales spanning decades from a benefactor who is deeply who has a deeply rooted partisan ideological interest in the future of the court on which the justice sits. University of Pittsburgh ethics expert Arthur Hellman said that even if Thomas could reasonably have believed he did not have to report Crow's gifts, he still should have. It would have been preferable in the sense of public confidence in the courts if he had disclosed. And I a thousand percent agree with that. That's like yeah. a you do the right thing. I believe thing they're like friends. Choice. Yeah. I'm like, do I believe they're like friends and like have been going on vacation for decades? And it's probably just as simple as that. Like, yeah, but do I also believe they probably a lot of their conversations are about like you know, preserving the conservative power on the court and, you know, but all there's the- like also other things within the gifting scheme. He bought him like a $19,000 Frederick Douglass Bible. Like it's not just the vacation. It's like, yeah. there's also like other things to it. Like friends yeah. or not, which also interest, like I couldn't imagine like be actually considering someone like that a friend. Like when there's that many transactions or favors, 
like bitch, please. You know, that's true. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Who else are you? Ta- yeah. I'm curious who else he's friends with in the political space too. Like, and is this something he's, he does with a lot of people? Does he spend a lot of time with other politicians and electeds and political power players? Like, cause if so, then this is clearly like this guy's intent of like, let me, you know, schmooze some of these people in power and get my, get in their ear basically. Right. Yeah, no, this is fishy for sure. But again, I also just think this is probably something that happens all the time on both sides of the aisle too, I'm sure. There's, yeah, you know, a lot of that where it's like, we're friends, but like, you just bought me like French laundry dinner in Napa, like a little sketch, you know? No, like literally so sketch. And I, I do agree. I do think this is, this is a both sides of the aisle issue in the courts, but also like with our legislators as well, like- we talk about this or we point to this quite a quite a bit, but I think both of these episodes are worth a re-listen or if you haven't listened before to go listen. One, our episode with Gabe Roth, who is the executive director of Fix the Courts, and he talks about a lot of different reforms that could be done to prevent things like this and also just make the make the courts great again. LOL. But no, seriously, like bring back the integrity to the courts. And a lot of them have a lot of bipartisan support. So go fucking figure. And I figure. had a really, really good policy idea. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go listen. I forgot about that policy idea. There. That was a good and one. Gabe like, was like, wait, I actually Kinda might liked say, it. I might consider it. I was like, wait, really? <laughs> so go listen. We'll, we'll, we'll link it in the in the show yeah. notes. Matt's um, going to have to remind me because I, you know I'm going to forget by the time I yeah, you know, write well, this. However, I will also just point to one other episode, and that is with Congressman Dean Phillips. He talks about getting money out of politics and how incredibly important that is and like why that should be like everyone's major, Number major one. one because it impacts everything else. And it's just fucking facts. But to that point, there's also I'm blanking on the exact name of the legislation, but legislation to ban stock trading amongst representatives at the federal level. It's introduced by Spanberger. So do a little Google and you'll figure it out that way. Again, another thing that has bipartisan support, but like could... I think, and this is part of our conversation with Gabe too, it's like, can a body, like a government body, like actually end up passing and then following rules it sets for itself? Like, mm, right. right? Like, exactly. is it able to actually be like, you know what? Like, and he makes the point of like with the courts, it's like, there are so many opportunities which they could have given themselves rules to follow to create a level of like ethics and they haven't done it. Yeah. So it becomes those issues where it's like someone else. Hold themselves accountable. Yeah. God forbid. God forbid. God forbid. Well, those are our top stories of the week. We have a fresh episode tomorrow. Samantha, you want to tell them about it? Yes, because this week's episode is with Congressman Garamendi. He's a congressman out of California. He's held a number of positions prior to that role in California, including time in the state legislature, where he introduced and passed California's assault weapons ban. So we are naturally talking about assault weapons bans with him. That's what the conversation focuses on, gun reform, what worked, what hasn't, what the reaction was 
back in the day and literally back in the day when they were able to pass this in California versus now, what would happen if one passed at the national level? What he thinks like from his conversations with colleagues and whatnot is possible, what's not, why not all of those things? A long-awaited episode. I feel like we've been wanting to talk about this for so long. It couldn't be more pertinent. And I think we're going to answer a lot of questions that people have been yearning for answers for. So true, true. Tune in tomorrow. And that's it for today. Toodaloo. Toodles. Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.